I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Book Off, the literary podcast with a difference. I'm Joe Haddo and wherever you are in the world, it's great to have you with us and I really hope you're enjoying the new series so far. And if you're a relatively new listener to Book Off, well, we'd love you to check out some of our backlist, which are all available to listen to for free whenever you want. And recent guests include the likes of Lindsay Kelk, Beth O'Leary, Graham Norton, Dorno Porter, Ken Follett, Camilla Shamsey, Charlie Higson, Jarvis Cocker, Richard Coles, Tamima Anam, Ardell O'Hanlon, Jason Reynolds, Joseph Kaleo, just to name a few. But enough of the past. Let's focus on the present, because today I'm joined by two fabulous crime and thriller writers who'll be going head to head in a war of the words a little later on. My first guest worked as a print journalist for many years in Australia and the UK before becoming the author of four internationally best-selling novels, which have been published in 40 territories all over the world and sold more than three million copies and you can count them ladies and gentlemen she's won numerous awards including the cwa gold dagger and the british book awards crime and thriller book of the year and the film adaptation of her novel the dry starring eric banner swoon is one of the highest grossing australian films of all time so i have discovered i believe filming is underway on Force of Nature, which sees old Eric reprising the role of Aaron Fork, and maybe we'll learn a little bit more about that shortly. But joining us all the way from Melbourne to tell us about her fifth novel, Exiles, is Jane Harper. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. What an absolute pleasure. I'm so glad we could connect the wires and get Australia and the UK talking, Jane. That's right. I know. It's never, it's, it's never the easiest <laughs> job. <laughs> <laughs> and my second guest worked in publishing before becoming a full-time writer. She's best known for her brilliant Dr. Ruth Galloway series, as well as several standalone novels and books for children as well. She is also the author of the Brighton Mystery Series, set in the 1950s and 60s and inspired by her grandfather's life on the stage. She Now, I love this fact. She's number 18 on the list of most borrowed authors from UK libraries <laughs> and is in huge demand for events, a couple of which I've been lucky enough to chair. She's also one of my favourite people to hang out with at Harrogate Crime Festival and just don't tell Mark Billingham, which I hope we'll be doing again in July. And here to tell us about her latest novel, The Last Remains, all the way from just down the road in East Sussex, it's Ellie Griffiths. Hello. Hi, it's lovely to be here. 
What an absolute joy to have you both here. And um, I'll do the uh, official introductions, even though you know each other. And as you've just said, Ellie, uh, you last met in 2017. Jane, Ellie, Ellie, Jane. But you're, you're old mates now, aren't you? We are, and it really doesn't seem that long since we saw each other. It was uh, in Gotland, which is a beautiful island of Sweden. And yeah, Jane and I were both there, and it was just a lovely summer's weekend, wasn't it? We, we had a great time. It's the first time we met. It was. And, and uh, Ellie, I don't know if you would even remember this, and I may not even remember this correctly, but I was, um, so at that time, I was in the middle of writing my second book. So I was kind of brand new, you know, and um, we were on a panel together. And, my memory is of you talking a little bit about your writing process. And I have to say, ever since then, I've clung to this as kind of, not even writing process, just kind of writing lifestyle. And I've clung to this as my, my aspiration. <laughs> um, and the way I remember you telling it was you, you go for like a swim in the sea and then you go to your office and you sit in this lovely kind of calm space. I think you maybe have, I feel you had a cat and, and you, and you, and you, and you you spent some time in the office writing with your, your canvas company. And I honestly was sitting there listening and thinking, this woman has it made. This is, this is, this is who I want to be. <laughs> so I, I've always remembered that. So whether I remember that rightly or wrongly, um, that, that's my, you, you've, you've been my kind of poster girl for, for writing, um, writing process ever since. Oh, that's so lovely. I hope I don't spoil it tonight. <laughs> I, have to, I have to say, I probably did make it sound a bit more serene and lovely than it is, but I am talking to you from my writing shed and I do have a cat. So those things were true. And I do like to swim in the sea. So, you know, it, it all, all the different aspects were true. I also remember, Jane, that... Um, somebody mistook uh you for me and i was so pleased because you were a lot younger than me and i remember somebody we were sort of we didn't know each other waiting in the hotel and somebody came up to you and said you ellie griffiths and i was so pleased so i did <laughs> <laughs> well how flattering to me they obviously looked at me and thought this is a well that, that's a woman who looks like she's a, she's a confident a successful <laughs> author I'll, I'll assume that's hers she looks like she has a cat <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> and it seems um i mean gosh I mean, it seems like, and I think it was, Jane, an awful long time ago that we had a breakfast in the Riding House Cafe in London to talk about this forthcoming debut novel of yours, which the publisher was very excited about. And I remember us sitting there t talking about it, learning, you know, getting getting used to all the... And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, that's the dry, is it? That's that book. And that was a long old time ago as well, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's it's been... Yeah, it's been... Um... You know, it's yeah, it's been it's been a big few years. It's it's strange, isn't it? How like I think I think writing a book is such an um, uh, such an all encompassing process as well. Your your life, your the time in your life kind of changes a bit because you know it's such as this big um, it, it takes up so much of your time and in a way it's such a long process, but it goes so fast as well yeah. from ideas to completion. So yeah, it's um, but it's lovely to see you both again anyway. <laughs> It is brilliant to have you both here. Um, and we are truly international, aren't we? Truly international, joining the UK and Melbourne. And over the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to talk about your fabulous new novels. We're going to get some recommendations of books that perhaps you've read recently and enjoyed. And, of course, we'll do the book off, where each of you gets three minutes uninterrupted to tell us about a book that you love, that you think me and everyone listening should read and why. We'll come to that very soon. Firstly, though, uh, Jane, let's talk about Exiles. So when we spoke ages and ages ago, I remember you telling me that Australia Australia was such a gift for you uh, and other 
writers because of the diverse landscape, the communities, the sort of different terrains and everything that's going on. So I guess from that, reading this new book and thinking back to that, it's still serving you very well. Yeah, and I mean, I have to say Exiles was one of, in terms of research trips, was one of the most um, hand-down, fun, enjoyable research trips I've ever done. So this one is set um, in lush wine country in South Australia, which, you know, it was, um, as you can imagine, it was a, you know, it had to twist my arm to go and spend some time there. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was just um, this kind of beautiful place. I mean, it, so Exiles is the, it's my fifth novel it's that I always write Australian mysteries um this one is the third and final one that is featuring Aaron Fork who is a detective who um you know we met in the dry and who Eric Banner played and so but this is the final book for him um and so I kind of wanted um I wanted a place that kind of taps into his his roots as a country boy you know he's a bit of a country boy at heart and I wanted somewhere that sort of let us kind of bring that a little bit out of him um but I also wanted somewhere that had a bit of um you know, like it's kind of light and shade. I mean, this novel has, you know, lots of mystery novels are kind of a bit of a dark thread running through it. But at the same time, um, you know, there's a lot of lightness in it as well. And I wanted somewhere that had that kind of, um, yeah, that, that sort of place you can feel you could, like, you kind of sink into, you know. Um, so Exiles is set in, um, uh, yeah, wine country and it's set around, it opens with the um, mysterious disappearance of a, a mother at a food and wine festival. Um, and, um, but I think like all my books, the main, um, at the heart of the book is a relationship. So, um, that it sort of brings folk into this kind of community and the, the ties they all have to, you know, to, to themselves and, and to this missing woman as well. And I suppose just while you were thinking about the setting and everything, there were a few wine tastings that had to be done just in the course of your research, no doubt, Jane? I take my research very seriously. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very good. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Ellie sat there scribbling down like, okay, well, <laughs> places to under visit. The, yeah. under, <laughs> under a winery somewhere. Yeah. yeah, definitely. There is some nice wine in Norfolk, I have to say. Well, there you go. That's there it. you go. <laughs> um, before we talk about um, the last remains, Ellie, uh, Jane, you mentioned Aaron Fort there, and this is the third and final novel. What has drawn you back to? to Aaron for three books do you think I think it was partly I always intended to come back to him um oh, right. so I wrote the first book um the dry was um had him and it's uh, force of nature and then I did two standalones at survivors and a lost man and I and I you know I, I but I always sort of felt like I wanted to kind of um I felt his personal sort of story needed a bit needed a, a yeah sort of a conclusion and a bit there was a bit more in him um but um I think it was you know, like I loved writing about him. Like it wasn't a case of being bored with him or wanting to move on or anything. It was more, it was actually the opposite. It was more that I, I really, you know, he's given me a lot as a character. He's you know, launched my career and been with me since the first book. Um, and, but at the same time, I think it's important to be uh, sort of honest with yourself as an author about the longevity of your characters. Not every character is built for a 20 book series, you know? Right. Um, and, I wanted to give him, you know, a kind of considered thought out ending that did justice to the character that, you know, given me a lot and hopefully gave readers, you know, a bit of what they, they wanted to see as well. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I went to book knowing it was going to be the final one, which was quite refreshing because you kind of can leave everything on the field. You're not trying to think or save, you know, anything for the future. So it was a really, yeah, fun process. What about a character that can sustain 15 novels, Ellie? <laughs> 
Well, it's really interesting. Good to just say, Jane, I loved it. I loved Exiles. I thought it was great, and the way you handled the the, the different time frames and the idea of the sort of small community, and I, I really loved it. Um, yeah. So I've said this is the last Ruth book for now. I've not been as brave as you, Jane. I've said for now. Um, <laughs> but but yes, my for now goes is 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 implied rather than it's implied. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. Um, I won't say any more, but I thought it probably was just implied. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I never thought she would last for 15 books, I have to say. And, you know, I had a two book deal at first and I, I just feel, amongst other things, very lucky to have written, you know, 15 books. And you're um, very grateful to my publishers, Quirkus, for sticking by me, really, because <laughs> they didn't start to sell well until about book, book sort of five or six. So really do feel very lucky to, to have been with Ruth all that time. and. Yeah, I didn't think that I knew always knew that she would have kind of a long story with DCI Nelson because, you know, as you know, there's this kind of will they won't they uh, relationship that runs through the books. Uh, but I do think, you know, a bit, a bit like what Jane was saying, that when you have a will they won't they strand you do at one point have to say whether they will or whether they won't <laughs> and and this book the last remains is, is where you find that out yes and so ruth has to make sort of several decisions about her life and, and about the case that that's um, involved in the book so yeah like like jane I, I did know before i started it that this would be the last and wanted to in a way tie up any loose ends not just in Ruth and Nelson's relationship but maybe that I've left hanging over the last 15 books so I, I hope I have done that <laughs> oh you have and you know they say all good things must come to an end or it may be end so you know but I, I know when you announced this book Ellie before it came out that myself and so many other readers were like what did she say <laughs> yes, it's been, people have been quite cross with me, but I do honestly think that people would be cross that if so the book before, book 14, ends with a character saying, we need to talk. And and uh, I do think you'd be crosser, people would be cross with me if I ended another book with that sort of, that yes, sort of line, I know. you know, we need to talk. <laughs> so, so you'll find out what they talk about in this book and I hope people will be satisfied with it. Um, could you just set up the story for this novel then, the 15th Galloway? Just tell us about uh, Nelson and Ruth's sort of latest adventure. So it starts when a body is found um, by builders renovating a cafe in the old part of King's Lynn in, in Norfolk. Uh, it's a, a skeleton. Ruth's called in to look at it. She knows immediately that it's fairly recent. Uh, and it turns out to be the body of, of a student who went missing from Cambridge 20 years ago. It's quite a personal case to Ruth because it's the college where she used to teach. She knows quite a lot of the people involved, but also because the dead girl was a friend of Ruth's dear friend, Cathbad the Druid. So it's all very close to home. Ruth has many decisions to make in this book about the case, about her job. Uh, the archeology span department at, at the made up University of North Norfolk is under threat as so many real archaeology departments are so she has decisions to make about her life and about the case and about her relationship with Nelson it also involves some Neolithic flint mines which I did get to explore not quite as nice as wine tasting uh, Jane but really interesting <laughs> all the same I have to say <laughs> any sort of like uh, wineries just around the corner or a bar at the old uh, mines or was it not quite <laughs> I, I was kind of everywhere this is why I couldn't be a real archaeology archaeologist because everywhere I go I do expect at least a cappuccino you know but actually <laughs> there was quite a nice little cafe machine at the visit a uh, coffee machine at the visitor center but as I say there, there is some pretty nice wine in Norfolk um and I and I do I do mention it in a few of the books uh Kath yes. for drinking it. 
Yes, I wonder if if they've picked up on that and sent you any early. Frankly, <laughs> they haven't, but I mentioned it no. again on the podcast. <laughs> Last <laughs> um, I know that you, Jane, are uh, a planner. You're not a pantster like me. Um, and I know that you, as you say, you take your research very seriously, wine and all. But how long in the making was this one? Is this one that sort of, you know, you said you, you knew that going in it was going to be Aaron's sort of last novel. Is that is it an idea you've had before even the last book or is it a more recent thought? No, it was, um, I'd sort of spent a couple of years while I was writing the standalones kind of thinking about, I guess, the big picture about what I wanted. Yeah, what was was it going to be the last one? What And what would that look like? So more, it was more of a big picture thinking. Um, but no, for me, the real thinking um, happens, yeah, when I when I kind of sit down to actually write the book, you know, where's it going to be set and what's going to happen? And um, I think, um, you know, in this one, the, the beauty of this one was it was built, you know, it was built around Fork. So it, I got to kind of bring in, um, you know, for example, he's going to South Australia because he's sort of reuniting with his, um, his friends, the Reiko family, um, you know, Rita um, and Greg, who he who he met in the dry, and he's going there for the christening of their their second born child, um, and he gets to sort of meet their close knit kind of group of family and friends as well. So there's a lot of um, you know there's a a lot of kind of relationships and, and friendships and things explored in the book, which were really fun to write. But uh, I think the um, yeah the main um, you know I am definitely a planner, and I think um, a lot of the something I found over the process of writing my books is that um, a lot of the, you know, the, the the things that kind of help you write the book, um, you have to kind of make an effort to think about them. You know, they, they don't, for me, they, unfortunately, they don't just kind of lightning strike, you know, it doesn't just kind of come to me in a, in a dream or anything. I have to actually sit down and, and think, okay, now I'm going to think about the plot. Now I'm going to think about the characters. Now I'm going to think about the twists. I have to kind of, um, you know, focus on them really. Mm-hmm. Um, and are we allowed to know any more about the Force of Nature film adaptation? Perhaps I'm behind the curve here, and everyone knows about it, but it's yeah, it's happening, no. is it? It is, yeah, absolutely. So um, they finished filming, and um, actually, they, they've um, seen I've actually seen a very rough cut of the film, mm. um, which is so exciting. I saw it just before Christmas, so that's all Christmas presents for me. Nice. And, um, it was, yeah, it was really good. It was great. It's the same team. Look, I love the dry adaptation. I thought it did such a beautiful job um, in, you know, it, it really um, was such a thoughtful, sensitive, but kind of exciting, thrilling adaptation mm. of the book. And I thought they were really, the, the director, Robert Connolly, who also wrote the screenplay, I thought really understood the book and what, you know, kind of um, had, you know, readers had sort of, um, you know, connected with. And um, so it's the same team behind, it's the same production team. He's again directed, written in Eric Banner. Um, Hooray is back again as Fork, which is you know, such a, um, so exciting. Are you um, mates with Eric yeah. Banner now? You like hanging out? Well, <laughs> Banner and Hart just really, out on the I mean, town. Should, how, how far can I push out our, our sort of value acquaintanceship? Um, no, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say we were, but at the same time, I am. Um, you know, he's, I've met him a number of times now and he's always so nice. He's so nice that you sort of think, oh, you know, well, we really are friends, but I mean, you know, I mean, he's, a, <laughs> he's, 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 a, he's a lovely, famous, beloved Australian actor. Um, and I'm, you know, just, just, just an author, just there to be. You know. <laughs> oh, not, <laughs> not just <laughs> an author, Jane. Yeah. The You're the author. The part wouldn't exist without you, Jane. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Alex. You're the author. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you're right, Ellie. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't exist without you. So there you go. He's got you to thank. He should be trying to make friends with you. He should be thanking me. That's right. He's, exactly. He's even now showing off that he knows you. I think. That's right. Dropping my name at parties and things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we, uh, I always like to ask my guests what they've been reading and enjoying recently so that we can just get a few more recommendations out. Before I do that, um, Ellie, just want to come back to you because obviously um, you have written standalones before and you've written other books um, other than Galloway ones. We've all just recently read your novel because it came out in early Feb, but you've obviously sat with it a lot longer. Having sort of closed the page for now, do you feel good about it are you excited about what's next what how are you feeling about sort of <laughs> you know finishing this chapter as it were that's a really good question I have to say um at first when I when I was writing the book I, I did feel quite stressed that I would be able to to bring everything to a satisfying conclusion but but I and I, and I hope I did that so I felt pleased when I'd done that and then very relieved I thought mm. uh, that's great that's that done with you know I, I uh, you know can get on with something else because I uh, I've got I've got another book out this year in the Brighton Mysteries and, I, and I've got an idea for, for a new series so um, but I have to say I have slightly missed Ruth since mm. I sort of uh, sort of shut the book on her and uh, Jane do you miss Aaron I do a little bit yeah um same I think it was it was kind of I really enjoyed the process of writing about him I loved the whole kind of you know 300 pages of you know of just sort of being with him um and I was satisfied and kind of comfortable with my decision to end it but at the same time um yeah I mean it was it was sad thinking well this is this is goodbye you know so um yeah and I do and I and I think about um not just him, but a lot of the characters quite a lot afterwards. After well, after the book is done, I still have these little kind of forward stories about what maybe happens next. A little bit, yeah, nothing huge, exciting, but just going about their day to day lives. Yeah, you do have the. the my publishers had this lovely idea, which was to do this uh, at the launch in in Norwich in, in February. They had this big post box; people could write postcards to Ruth. And some oh, of them were lovely. That's nice. uh, and and they asked me to write a letter to her, and it was a slightly one of those things that I put off doing. And and the the very nice you know marketing um, people were saying, do you think you could write this letter now? So eventually, <laughs> um, and I I felt quite I really quite quite emotional. And I ended up saying you know thank started off by saying oh Ruth you you annoyed me so much by never doing what I wanted and why did you have to live in that house in the middle of nowhere and why did you have to get involved with all this unsuitable people but I ended up just saying thank you and I really missed you so I, I do I have found since I finished the book that, that I do miss her oh that's <laughs> such a nice thing they I know they pushed you to do it but what a nice thing to actually have sort of made you do in the end I think that's really nice it, <laughs> it was a really nice thing to do and it, and it was yeah. a really lovely to read the, the things that people had said about Ruth so yes it was lovely mm. uh, you know they're great they come up with all these new park, uh, marketing ideas and they're just stymied by the author refusing to play ball <laughs> I, I was very I was very happy that I did do that and you say there's maybe a new, you know, you're thinking about a new series. Um, is that it must be quite an exciting time to have almost like a, you know, a blank page now with I could I can write whatever I can go wherever and it can be with whoever. Isn't it exciting? It is a really exciting moment, I think. And and given that I'm not going to say too much about it, but, um, okay. you know, there will be a sort of slightly sort of historically element to it as well. So I'm sort of roaming across the centuries and the millennia at the moment. And it's great fun. 
Ooh, okay. Well, we can't wait to find out what it might be. It's exciting times. Um, and Jane, what have you been uh, reading and enjoying recently? Are there any books or authors that spring to mind of something that you've just read and you just think, God, I just have to tell everyone about this book or this author? Could be old, could be new, anything. Um, I've had a couple, so a couple of um, Australian authors who um, I've um, been um, catching up with their sort of newest ones lately. Um, so there's a woman called Sally Hepworth, who is um, Melbourne-based, and she writes these really great kind of um, dark, twisty, kind of domestic noir sort of books. So you, you're talking kind of, you know, a woman standing in her beautiful bayside kitchen looking out over her ocean view as her husband lies, you know, dead in the garage or something. Is that, is that kind of, um, is, that, is that sort of... Um, Kitchen Islands. Got... They always have Kitchen yeah. Islands. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, with like copper pots, and that's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and two adorably named children. Um, and um, so, but they're, they're very, they're very kind of, um, you know, she, she's very smart. They're very well written, real page turners. You know, they're the perfect kind of where you just want to kind of, you know, leap into something and just not put it down. Um, so she's got her, her her second most recent one is called A Younger Wife, which is about two sisters now dad marries someone of their, their own age and then the um the latest one is called the soulmates which is out i think in the uk in april and that's about a family that buys this house it's at a um a cliff top uh, and they quickly realize it's um it's actually a notorious sort of suicide spot and the husband kind of takes this role on of going out and talking people down and he manages to save the first you know six or seven and then he doesn't manage to save save someone and it's sort of about the the repercussions of that really um so yeah sally hepworth so she's a great um yeah a great australian author if you, if you haven't um come across her yet fantastic sally hepworth a younger wife and the soulmates two great recommendations jane thank you so much uh, and what about you ellie have you been uh, devouring books as you often do yeah yeah i've read, read a couple of really good ones recently uh one is um kate webb stay buried i don't know if, if you've read that she, it's it's a first novel I, I think she might have written sort of screenplays and things before but it's really good it's said it partly said in the creepy farm which which i'm always an absolute you know sucker for, for books like that and, and not not only that a farm that has quite a lot of family history attached to it and, it, and it's about a, a police officer called Matt, Matt Lockyer. Um, and he's kind of been sidelined to cold cases. And then he finds out from um, from from uh, somebody who's put away for, for murder that suddenly the victim turns up. And so there wasn't a murder after all, or, or, or was there, or was it, was it a different person? And it's very, very well done. And it's got a lovely, creepy rural setting, generations of resentment, and this very clever um, plot at the middle, at the middle of it. So that, that's uh, uh, Stay Buried, uh, Kate Webb. And the other one I read uh, recently was, uh, I don't know if you've read this one, Everyone in My Family Has Killed Someone by Benjamin Stevenson <laughs> and it's very, it's very clever it starts with those you know those uh, Ronald Lox's 10 commandments of crime fiction um you know things like only one secret passage may be allowed at any time or uh the, the sidekick must be only slightly more stupid than the detective and those sort of things and then he tells you at every point in the book where he breaks one of those rules and he tells you which page the corpses turn up on but actually it's also a very clever kind of nocturne murder set in the sort of ski resort so i absolutely love that one everyone in my family has killed someone by benjamin stevenson well that's quite hilarious isn't it jane that ellie has brought that up because that is Jane's pick for the book off. Oh, wow. So, oh, my goodness. 
that puts me in an immediate advantage, surely. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, it's great. It's really well, good. Well, so and we already know that Ellie's a fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's such a great book. I, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm so happy you read it as well. It's, it's, um, I want everybody to read it. Because <laughs> it's so kind of meta, but it's also very good and very sort of... Absolutely. The inspiration is very good and the movie, moving in places. Oh, yeah, gosh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I kind of stole that one. Sorry about Not that. Not at all. <laughs> no, no, I could can, I can talk about it all day. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot... We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I, th- I mean, I think it's great. I-, I don't think that's ever happened before. That's that's just so brilliant that that you mentioned it because obviously Ellie, you didn't, you don't know what Jane's putting forward. Jane doesn't know what you're putting forward, Ellie. Um, so we've got a. Little, it's almost like we've got a little pricey there, and we're going to hear the full the full pitch, should we say, in just a moment because it is time for the book off now, and this is where each of you gets three minutes uninterrupted if you want to use all three to tell us about a book that you love and you think we should all read. Um, there are uh, uh, there is a little bit of admin just to just to get through before we get into it. We always say the person who's travelled the furthest gets to choose if they go first or second. I think there's a clear winner, Ellie. Uh, Jane, you're you're definitely the furthest away. Would you like to go first or second? Well, actually, I may I may if, if it's okay with Ellie, maybe I'll go second because um I'll uh, uh I'd, I'd love to hear actually hear what she's got to yeah, say while okay. I um. Uh, gather, gather my fresh thoughts about <laughs> everyone <laughs> You can go second. That's not a problem. And Ellie, um, you get to choose then um, which of these is going to be signalling the end of your three minutes. So you can have the bicycle horn or you can have the school bell. Which would you prefer? Um, I'm slightly allergic to cycling, so I'm going to go for the school bell, please. <laughs> You're going to have the school bell, all right. And the cycling horn is for you, Jane, when we get round to it. So, as I said, you're going to get three minutes on the clock. Now, some people don't use all three. Some people sort of 
get through it in two. They have said all they want to say. Others <laughs> are just simply telling us about one character at the three minute mark and haven't even told anything about the plot. So let's see how it goes for you, Ellie. And before I set the timer going, just tell us the book that you're putting forward, please. Well, I'm going for a classic. I'm going for Cold Comfort Farm by Stella Gibbons. And just to tell you, Jane, this book means so much to me because it's the first book that my now wife told me I should read because I haven't. So good. Blooming luck with that. Um, <laughs> joking. No, it's purely no, it's purely based on the pictures. Purely based on the pictures. OK, Ellie, it's three minutes on the clock then. Over to you to tell us about the fabulous, the wonderful, the absolutely amazing Cold Comfort Farm. Okay, so Cold Comfort Farm really is the story of what happens when a rational woman comes up against gothic melodrama. So uh, Flora Post, who, who is uh, orphaned, goes to live with, with her family who, who live in a wonderful Cold Comfort Farm in Howling in Sussex. And Cold Comfort Farm is a dark, brooding entity. It's cursed, of course it is. Uh, the King's evil and the Queen's bane and the Prince's heritage are ravaging, ravaging their crops. But Flora sets about... Um, calming Cold Comfort Farm down. She feeds the bull, she lets it out in the field, she washes the curtains, she sends a religious maniac off on a tour of America, she sends the resident sex pest to, uh, to Hollywood, she gets Aunt Ada Doom out of the attic and into an aeroplane and peace reigns once more. It's a wonderful book, it's about uh, how to turn a gothic melodrama into a calm story of rural life. Cold Comfort Farm by Stella Gibbons. Magnificent. <laughs> like that. Just like that it was. She's she's literally, she's she's opened the door, she's thrown the pitch in and she's left. Fantastic. Right. One minute, six seconds, Ellie. Unbelievable. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, well, I could have talked for longer, but I'll leave it there. That's all coming from. <laughs> um, Fab, we'll come back and talk because I could talk all day about Cold Comfort in a moment. Um, Jane, I'm going to put three minutes back on the clock, though. We already know what it is, but tell us anyway, reminders of the book you're putting forward to talk about. Um, I'm definitely going to beat that bicycle horn because I can't bear to hear it go off. Um, so, it, so I think, honestly, what, what kind of better endorsement than Ellie spontaneously choosing everyone in my family has killed someone by Benjamin Stevenson? It just goes to show, I think, the resonance of this book. Um, so Benjamin Stevenson, he's Australian. Um, he's written a couple of others, um, which were kind of um, detective novels as well. And in this one, his third one, he went kind of completely different track, which I respect so much for someone to kind of just break out of their box um, and just try something so fresh and new. And um, so everyone in my family has killed someone is kind of just on its base level plot. It's about this family, the Cunningham family, that go on a, a kind of ski resort, kind of family reunion. And they um, get sort of snowed in. And we do have ski resorts in Australia. So it's it's set in Australia. And um, and then a body is found. And kind of like the title suggests, all everyone in this family has kind of skeletons in their closet. And they all kind of come trooping out. But the thing I loved about it was what Ellie also referred to, which was the kind of the, the meta feeling of the writing. Because um, Ernest Cunningham, the main character, he, he kind of writes sort of self-help crime novel, um, kind of how to write your crime novel books. Sort of in a fictional way, that he, so that's his character, and his, and then he, um, so in the book when he's telling his story, he's making these kind of references to these kind of crime tropes and rules and 
and and and things. It's a it's a very hard book to explain, but if you read the first couple of pages, I think you know immediately if it was for you. But if, for example, like Ellie said, like the rules, I thought these rules of crime writing, it has little kind of references to things like, um, you know, at one point a, a female character she 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 goes out and um someone's discovered dead. She goes out, she vomits into the snow, and Ernest says. I know at this point in the book, usually when a female character vomits, it's a sign that they're pregnant. But I'd just like to point out that women can vomit for other reasons as well. And this is one of those times. <laughs> so it's little things like that, which I just loved. Um, and Benjamin as well is also a very successful stand-up comedian. In Australia, he has a, an act with his twin, identical twin brother um, called The Stevenson Experience. And I think a lot of that humour, he's, so he's very naturally funny. And a lot of that humour, I think, came out so beautifully in Ernest Cunningham's character. Um, I, I just loved it. It's so it was so fresh and it was so I think unusual to pick up a book that just feels like something you haven't really come across before these days because you know people read so much and um, and I also find it quite inspiring as an author because I think it is just this um, kind of message that you know it's it's good to push yourself and why not try and do something a little bit you know well out of probably you know your comfort zone and and just um, go for it and see what happens and I think. Benjamin hats off to him he's tried something new and for me it, it succeeded completely so yeah go and um go and go and read it that's you know I loved it fantastic um with seven seconds to spare well oh done, wow <laughs> you, it's like you knew it's like you knew perfect <laughs> timing perfect I love the fact that Benjamin Stevenson himself is breaking one of Ronald Knox's laws about not having twins Right, exactly. <laughs> and, they, and they're very identical as well. It's 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 uh, it's quite bizarre seeing them both on stage because even, even knowing him, he's still like which, which one is you know. So it's um, he's breaking rule exactly, ten. What's he thinking absolutely. of? <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that pitch, Jane. Uh, we'll talk about about the book in a moment. Um, just want to come back to Cold Comfort Farm, Ellie, because um, it's it's sort of the it's easy to say all oh, cold cover farmer is a classic ever probably everyone's read it but actually you know until uh, a while ago now but 10 years ago i hadn't read it and um my then girlfriend now wife put it in my hand and was just like it just means so much to me because of that but also because i bloody loved it as well it's so good isn't it it's, it's just really like good. it's just so funny it, it's really funny and actually doesn't seem to date, does it? It was written in the 1930s in a sort of vague future. It's sort of set in a, the vague future, but it really doesn't date. There's, there's a wonderful bit where um, uh, Seth, who's the resident bounder, is trying to, to chat up Flora and he's he's doing this long thing about how he loves mollocking in the woods and he says, oh, I bet you didn't understand half of what he said, you little innocent. And Flora says, I'm afraid I wasn't listening to it. And you just yeah, think, well, yeah. you know, that's so modern, isn't it? She's such a great character and that shuts him up. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. I mean, I just sort of urge everyone anyone who hasn't read it should really pick it up because it's one of those ones where you hear the word classic banded around and you see it on these lists and I think sometimes people can just go oh yeah there's so many books I haven't read on the classics la 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 but actually this one I just think you know is so worth putting into everyone's hands um, and yes I love how you talked about the sort of uh, fact that it's a 
basically the story of a rational woman coming up against melodrama. That's basically what it is, isn't it? And and just sorting it out and stopping them being so messy and untidy and just, you know, cleaning things up. And, you know, she, she it really is a, a great example of, I think it's a, it's a book that wants to be some sort of gothic tragedy or maybe a crime novel, but, you know, Flora <laughs> just won't let that happen. She just, just yes. makes it, sort of sorts it all out. And I love the bit there. She, in the introduction, Stella Gibbons explains that she puts little asterisks around the best writing. And she says she's going to put those so you know that, that those are best bits, but also so those are the bits you can skip. Yeah. And when, when I'm writing, I always think, don't don't write an asterisk bit that people can skip. Yeah. <laughs> of, you know, nice because writing. Stella Stella said so exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I love that book. So thank you for that for that pitch. And I am obviously now intrigued, Jane by Benjamin Stevenson and this brilliantly titled book as well, Everyone in My Family Has Killed Someone. Um, don't know of it, I have to say. I love that Ellie mentioned it earlier and now you and then you did your whole pitch on it. Um, really like the idea that someone's just written something, I think you used the word fresh, just like something so different and they've really pushed themselves because it would be easy after, a, to, you know, two books to go, right, I'm in my lane or, you know, I know what I know and to actually have you know to be brave enough to really try something that's out of the box and then pull it off that's quite a feat isn't it absolutely and I think you know sometimes when I read books you know um I mean you, you know you sort of you, especially when you're reading books from your own genre I mean I don't know if Ellie you find this well but I mean I, I sort of try and learn from them I, I look at them and I think oh you know it, what's working for me or maybe what's not working for me what would I you know if this was said in Australia what would I have done differently or you know those kind of things you kind of ask yourself those questions and I honestly read this book and thought you know in a million years I could never have written this book I couldn't even have even if I'd had the idea I couldn't have executed it and I just you know and this is so much admiration for because I can I can't even um, imagine how he pitched that to his publishers. What what he what he went in and said to them. This is this is kind of what it's a, what I'm going to do. And how you know I don't know if they just said you know off you go have a crack. We'll we'll either publish it or we won't or, or what. Because I mean it's, it would have been such a um, I don't even know how he would have described it. I'll have to ask him. I, I will see him at some point. So I'll um I'll oh, make you sure must I, ask I him. drill him on that point. Yeah. It feels to me like he it's the sort of book he'd have have to have written. And then given over and said, no, trust, like, here it is, kind of Possibly, thing, you know? yeah, a bit of a trust exercise. Because, I mean, it, it's absolutely pulled up. But it, like I said, it's very, it is, even when you're trying to describe it, it's a little bit hard to kind of capture, I think, the full flavour of it. Yeah. Um, you, you just have to kind of pick it up. Like I said, yeah, you read the first couple of pages and you'll, you'll, you'll know straight away. But I loved what you both sort of said uh, individually about the humour in it and the, the sort of tongue-in-cheek side, you know, side of it and... I mean, it's great. It's actually a very good premise as well, the story. But but then to have that sort of meta crime writery thing going along with a bit of you know humour is just sounds fabulous. I think I think it sounds really good. So I'll definitely be checking that out. Um, oh, I mean, both both <laughs> two fabulous sounding books, very different books, and I really just thought I thought Cold Comfort Farm's going to win. But you know what? I think I think I'm going to take home. Everyone in my family has killed someone, I think. I think that's because yeah. because it got two mentions, because both of you obviously really like this book, I think. This has got to be the winner today, right? Because We're sounds... both winners. You're both winners. <laughs> We're both happy with that, yeah. It's, it's a really good book. And I think the fact that it, it's so clever and meta, but also a very good crime novel as well, I think it's, yes. it's great. So it's, it's got everything going on then, isn't it? It really it has. Does. It needs Flora Post in it. <laughs> <laughs> 
A little bit, maybe, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for anyone listening who hasn't read Cold Comfort Farm, well, make it a priority if I were you, because it's such a wonderful book. Um, thank you both for, for those fabulous pictures and for all your book recommendations. Um, will we see you, Jane, in, in the UK anytime soon, or will it always be virtually? Uh, I hope so in person. I haven't got any firm plans at the moment, but, I mean, I'm always, um, always up for a trip to the UK. So, um, yeah, hopefully sooner rather than later. Well, Ellie and I are very happy to, uh, you know, accommodate some wine tasting or maybe yeah. some, you know, dinners yeah, I can, or something. I shadow Ellie for a day and her, she can show, show me in person how this, uh, this amazing yes. <laughs> swim and captain writing kind yes. of morning stands Absolutely <laughs> welcome to come swimming with me. All else, Joe and I can save you a chair at the bar at Harrogate. Yeah. That's fine. Maybe, maybe that would be easier on everybody. That would be brilliant. It'd be lovely to Absolutely see you. Absolutely, we could. And that's, I'll definitely be seeing you then, won't I, Ellie? If not before, I'm sure I'll see you yeah. before. But yeah, we, we, see Harrogate you is obviously, yeah, the big mark in the old calendar for when we'll be getting together and a few pints of the existence. Good. Um, it's been absolutely lovely to to see you both, albeit virtually, and to spend this time with you. And thank you for your fabulous recommendations. And here's a couple more for those listening. The Last Remains by Ellie Griffiths, which is out now and it's published by Quercus and Exiles by Jane Harper, also out now and published by Macmillan. And they are both fabulous books, guys. I really, really enjoyed reading both of them and uh, wish you the best of luck with them. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks so much for being here. I hope next time, indeed, it is in person, hopefully at Harrogate, hopefully with wine. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> it's a date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.